Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. This is your hometown radio station. I don't have to tell you that. You that are listening right there in Madison and North Florida. But this is also your uh, radio station if you're listening by computer anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world as WMAF streams their live programming uh, uh, all over the world by computer. And we're just glad that they are on the World Wide Web because it gives uh, us and them an opportunity uh, to share with uh, uh, so many potential listeners around the world. And we're just so glad that you are one of those listeners whether you're local, right there in North Florida, South Georgia, or whether uh, you are national, somewhere in the United States, or whether you are international and you're listening from another country, anywhere in the world, we welcome you today. And if you have visited our website and you are listening to this broadcast from our website, we welcome you today. If you type in THCOG and Google it, or a good search engine, it will take you to the Holy Church. Church of God right here in Tampa, Florida, uh, where I have been the senior pastor for the past, uh, well, 40 years working on uh, our 42nd year, I believe now. So God has been good and gracious to allow us to minister uh, down through all of these years. He has proven himself faithful. Praise God. And we have a great subject. We're starting a brand new subject this week, the power of of a focused faith, the power of a focused faith, and what we really are going to be talking about uh, in these teachings from the Word of God is staying Christ-centered in a world filled with trouble, distraction, deception, and discouragement. There's no possible way that we cannot be affected by all that we are hearing and seeing that is occurring in our world today. But I want you to know there's hope in God, there's there's peace in Christ today, and there's power and strength, but we must stay focused upon the Lord. And we're going to take our reading today from Psalm 46, verse 1 through 11. Psalm 46, verse 1 through 11. To have a text for the context of this teaching today, this will be our text on the subject, The Power of a focused faith. Uh, if I could look at you eye to eye today, uh, as I do the Sunday congregation that I address, I, I would ask you the question, do you know anything about trouble as a Christian? Have you had troubles this week, this year, this month? Has trouble come your way? Pressures and, and problems and tests and temptations and crisis events that have occurred in your life. And what did you do and what is your plan of action when this trouble comes? Number one, before we read this psalm, I want you to just uh, tell you what the Bible says about what to expect even as a Christian living in a faulty body in a fallen world. If Jesus taught, in this world you shall have tribulation. The Greek word is thelpsis, and it means anguish and pressure. 
He promised that living in this world, this fallen world, we're going to experience the same pressures, the same problems, the same troubles that everyone else that lives in a fallen world is going to experience. And the reason that Christians uh, can get through these things uh, and and not be destroyed by them uh, and come through them and give God honor and glory is because we have been promised His help in the time of trouble. We have been promised His help in the time of trouble. And we've been promised His peace in the midst of the storm. But He requires that we put our trust exclusively in Him and keep our trust and keep our focus on His faithfulness, His goodness, not just His power and strength. That's almost a given. If you believe in God at all, you've got to credit Him with all power. He's the almighty God. Hallelujah. He's omnipotent. That's why we we theologically are correct when we say He's omnipotent. He doesn't just have some power. He has all power. And there's nothing that He can't do. Amen. Nothing when it comes to power that He can't do. Amen. So this is an incredibly important part of God's Word to get down on the inside of you and the inside of me because we can't avoid the troubles and we can't avoid the trials and we can't avoid the pressures, particularly of the generation that would be living in the last day for the perilous times that the Bible said would would mark the last days. It's not something that is future. It is something that is here and now. And everyone, without exception, is going to be affected by what we're hearing and seeing. And God wants us to know what to do, to have a plan of action when the trouble comes. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that, I love this psalm. It, I'm going to say something. I don't want it to be misinterpreted, and I'm going to explain it. This is a centering psalm. Psalm 46. And I'll explain that after we read it. Listen to Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He utters his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he has made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear in sunder, he burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in the earth. 
The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salah. Hallelujah. Uh, if, if, friend, if, if this doesn't begin to stir faith within you, if you are a Christian, if this doesn't give hope to someone who isn't a Christian and is looking at the claims of Christ and what the Bible is teaching today, you're listening today, if this doesn't begin to give a glimmer of hope within your soul, then then something is, is very, very wrong. How we need a word of hope in a world of trouble. Listen carefully. Word that you're going to hear. More and more is the word centered. It is in the wrong sense. It can just be positive thinking, just focusing the mind on something or someone uh, that that uh, while pursuing inner peace. In the biblical sense, it can be claimed by Christians as focusing on our God in the time of crisis and great trouble putting our trust exclusively in Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Deliverer, as the Scripture teaches us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. It is finding a place of peace and rest in the midst of a violent storm. One of the most remarkable truths about hurricanes and we hear that are in the Florida area where this broadcast originates from Tampa and North Florida where it's being broadcast right now. Uh, we know we're in uh, the hurricane season very, very soon. And one great truth, no matter how violent the storm, that every hurricane has an eye in the middle of the turbulence and the tempest. A place of peace and calm right in the middle of that storm. The stronger the storm, the more well-defined the eye. Oh, friend, I want to say that again. The stronger the storm, the more well-defined the eye. I'm going to go ahead and say to you today that the stronger the trial, the greater the test, the greater the trouble, the, 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 the greater the severity and seriousness of the crisis to a Christian, the more well-defined the eye becomes. We know there's a place of calm right in the middle of the trouble and the turbulence and the storm. Praise God. As we used to say it, and we still do, in our congregation, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Because we begin to focus. It's not that God is any closer to us, but we begin to seek and sense and see His presence in the midst of the storm. God's people, like ancient Israel, have a tempestuous history still going on to this present day. In this world, ye shall have tribulation, Christ taught, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer? After a statement like that, he says, yes, because I have overcome the world. You see, because Christ overcame, you and I have a great High priest, as the Bible teaches, who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, whatever hurts us, whatever threatens us, whatever harms us in any way, Christ has been there. 
He has sensed all of the human emotions that any other person on this planet can ever experience, yet without sin. And therefore the Bible teaches, let us come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain grace and mercy to help in the time of any need. God knows just how to help you, just how to grant unto you everything that you and I need, because He has come and inhabited a human body and went through and faced the test and trials of living in that faulty body in this fallen world without ever sinning, but He can relate to the sinner. He knows what you're facing. He knows how weak we are. He knows how strong the temptations are. And he knows what to do to address that in your life. If you can come, if you will come to him and put your faith in him. There are many people that say, Pastor, I just don't believe that I could live for Christ and I don't want to be hypocritical. I don't believe I can give up this and give up that. Well, don't start with just thinking you have to make yourself good enough to be saved. The Scripture said in John's Gospel, As many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Friend of mine, it's not within yourself. He knows it's not within you. He's not asking you to change yourself. He's asking you to change your mind about the road you are on, about the sins that you're committing. If you know they're wrong, say, Lord, I'm sorry, and come to Him just like you are. Come to Him today. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He is a very present help in the time of trouble, and God will forgive you. And God, through Jesus Christ, hallelujah, will give you everything that you need to overcome, that that you don't have now, you will receive when you receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And what God requires of us is to look exclusively unto Him. Look exclusively unto Him. That's why Psalm 46 for the Christian is a centering psalm. It instructs us and informs us to help us to trust the Lord and find His peace and His rest in the midst of trouble, in the midst of the storm. Comforted by verse 7 of Psalm 46, John Wesley courageously met the approach of his death. He quoted it the night before his decease and was heard repeating its promise to all throughout the night hours. And Psalm 46.7 simply says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And Psalm 46 has been designated as Luther's psalm, because the great reformer who was accustomed to singing it in the time of trouble paraphrased verse 1 in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And I want to just read that to you. We talked about it at the end of our last teaching. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he, amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Praise God. The first verse of Psalm 46 begins with two words that are the foundation for our faith and our trust. 
God is. God is. One of the great things that distinguishes the Christian is his belief in God. That there really is a God. One God, the only true God. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This means even if the Christian was alone in the world, an Adam without an Eve or an Eve without an Adam, even if the Christian was completely alone on this planet, in the world, he would still have someone to turn to. Someone who loved him. Because God is. God is. Jesus taught, He who seen the Father. <laughs> Amen. Has he that's seen me, rather, has seen the Father. He declared the Son is the revelation of the Father. The world with a million fingers points to God. Creation points to God. But in Jesus Christ, we meet him face to face. Here's the first important lesson of Psalm 46. God is. There is a God. He cares about you. He knows about you. He loves you. He gave His Son for you. And He wants a relationship with you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That you and I can be forgiven our sins and that we cannot just be left old sinners saved by grace, but we can become the sons and daughters of the living God. Hallelujah. God doesn't just forgive your sin. He brings you into His royal family. Hallelujah. Faith begins with the acknowledgement of the reality of God's existence. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says it very clearly, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You can see this, this thought in Psalm 46, 1 developing throughout the Bible. God is, and God is our refuge. Hallelujah. He rewards them that seek Him. He will be found of them that seek Him. And the reason we need to be centered when we seek Him, He said, you will find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. He requires us to focus on Him. Hallelujah. In the time of trouble, in the turbulence, when all around us is the seas and the waves are roaring, He wants us to keep our focus on Him. It's a wonderful thing and a wonderful thought that there is a God. That, that, that you don't have to be an atheist and believe there is no one, no one to turn to, no one to run to, no God that exists that is real and relevant. Or an agnostic who says there might be a God, there might not be a God, you can't prove it one way or the other. You can't have this this wonderful, wonderful promise of refuge in the time of trouble if you are an atheist or an agnostic. Friend of mine, it's wonderful to know that there is a God and that life, therefore, has meaning and death need not be the end. It's wonderful that there is a God and there's someone to run to, some place of refuge 
And you don't have to try to find it in drugs or alcohol or, or some kind of, of de- uh, desperately uh, seeking a uh, sinful, confusing condition in your life. It's so good to know that God is. And to know that the God that exists is a good and gracious God. A God that loved this world and everyone in it. Enough to give His only begotten Son. That whosoever would believe upon Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. And beyond that eternal promise, which is the greatest promise of all, there is the promise of His presence and His help right here in this fallen world, in these faulty bodies. God is, and God is our refuge. He is, the psalmist tells us, our refuge in the time of danger, our strength in the time of testing. Of course, He can only be this as we trust Him. But as we trust Him, and insofar as we trust Him, that is exactly what we will find Him to be. Hallelujah. He, He, this God who is real, this God who is relevant, this true and living God, says the psalmist, is our refuge. Hallelujah. As Christians, we can trust God as our refuge. His nature and character is to, is the desire and He has made the provision to provide safety and refuge for people just like you and like me. Especially in those times when we feel the crushing onset of a crisis. God knows that when bad times come our way, Sometimes what we need most is a place to flee. To, to flee somewhere and someone where we can feel safe and, and just catch our breath. One of the most beautiful word pictures of this comforting truth is found in Psalm 91 and verse 4. Where it says, God will shield you with His wings. Now, I know most of you have never spent much time on a farm, and maybe you saw a chicken documentary on the animal planet. Amen. But if you did, you may know that when a mother hen becomes aware of a predator or a threat to her offspring, she responds by lifting her wings, and within seconds, all the baby chicks disappear underneath them. And then, once where there was a doting hen and several cute little down-covered Chicken nuggets, if you please. Now the predator sees nothing. The hawk doesn't see those little bitties anymore. All he sees is one mean-looking mama who just dares him to take a step forward. She's a refuge for her children. She is their protection. Now eventually, the chicks will have to crawl out and face the world again, but for a little while, there's nothing quite like the soft shelter of those wings, their mom's feathers caressing their heads, her warmth still in their shakes, her heartbeat calming their fears. And the psalmist reminds us that God delights in spreading His protective wings and enfolding His frightened children. Hide here for a time, he says. Get out of danger, regroup, recuperate, and find new strength. Jesus said it to ancient Israel. He said it in such a way 
that is so practical and it, yet it is so profound and it is so intimate and personal. Oh, Jerusalem, a Jerusalem, you that have rejected the message of, 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 of the prophets and you are rejecting your Messiah. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that are hated by the world who all the nations around you want to destroy you and displace you. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times would I have taken you under my wings as a mother hen does her chicks but you wouldn't let me oh God's offer God's offer through his son Jesus Christ God's offer of salvation includes his promise of shelter and refuge and protection his promise of peace He promised it. Christ said, if you'll come to me, peace I will give you. Not as the world gives, give I thee. In this world, you're not going to find it anywhere. In this world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer. For I have overcome come the world the bible said in the old testament amen that psalm that in the psalms that god is our refuge god is our strength a very present help in the time of trouble it says in another psalm that that the, the name of the lord is a high tower the righteous runneth into it and are safe so when i read the bible a term used over and over and over again in the New Testament and many times in the Old Covenant. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. I do not see that as never having to deal with fear, never being afraid. Someone called me today, told me that my wife was in a terrible accident and she's in in critical condition at a hospital. My heart rate would would pick up my blood pressure would raise and fear would come and i believe that what he's saying when he says fear not is telling us how to manage fear when it comes of course fear would come to me and the psalmist david said what time i am afraid what time i am afraid what time i am afraid i will trust in thee you see his focused faith in the time of trouble when fear comes amen hallelujah when we focus on god you know the scripture said many are the afflictions of the righteous we do not escape all of those pitfalls and problems of living in a faulty body in a fallen world but when those events occur we have a god who is not only able to give us peace in the storm, but the promise that no matter what seeming damage the storm can do, that He will make it all work together for good to them that love Him and are a call to His purpose. Hallelujah. Because He's able to subdue everything unto Himself. He lifted His wings, His protective arms to ancient Israel. And he said, come to me. How many times would I have taken you under my wings, under my feathers, and enclosed you, and given you both protection 
and peace in the time of trouble. God's offer, friend, still stands today. If you're running from Him, I want to challenge you today to run to Him. I want to challenge you today to come just as you are with all of your hang-ups, all of your, all of your sins. Hallelujah. He delights to pardon and forgive if we will but repent. And you can't change yourself. You're right about that. But you can change your mind about the road you're on. And you can tell the devil on no uncertain terms, I'm not going to continue down to destruction. Today, I'm turning to Jesus Christ. And you can come to God. You can repent of your sin. You can accept Christ as your Savior. And this very day, His promise of refuge can be obtained by you. Oh, friend, this is the day. This is the time. This is the God that is lifting His wings of love that is inviting you to come into His presence, that is inviting you, inviting you, calling you to be saved and kept by His power this very day. And if you're a Christian and the trouble has come and you don't know what is happening and why it is happening, simply, simply run to Him. Turn to Him. Don't let the devil have you questioning Him and accusing Him. Look through the eye of faith. Believe that He is. I know that you know that. And that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. His arms of love, His wings are spread wide to receive you. Run to Christ. Run to the Father. And let Him envelop you and hold you close till the storm passes by. Oh, we love you today. Our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.